The following entertainment is a production of Fluent Grace Media. What you are about to hear is recorded, edited, and produced by three guys who don't have a clue what they're doing. But it just might be the best thing that you hear all day. Welcome to the Fluent Grace Podcast. Two, one. Let's get started. Welcome in to the Fluent Grace Podcast, where we have a full room of folks. It's a miracle. What's up, Tyler? How's it going? Last week I had a, or last two weeks. Tyler we has no idea when the last time we did this was. Yeah, I don't know. I had a wreck last time, so I didn't make it to the last one. That's what he says. You should go listen to our last episode. We talked about your wreck a little bit. I think it was good. You do need to go check I that out. I had like Jones Soda, which is like a flavored soda drink explode everywhere in my car I, I rear-ended somebody and it just went everywhere. so this was your fault it was my fault oh, oh boy. Yep. did you have insurance I do have I have liability insurance my wife's calling me you gonna answer it on the air I will hello uh, no I'm in the middle of recording a podcast right now and you're on the podcast <laughs> I'll call you back. Love you back. It's what you get, folks, with the old Fluent Grace podcast. Uh, you get an inside look at our lives. Raw footage. Yes. Completely raw. <laughs> Tyler can't Tyler can't say anything right now. I wish you could see Tyler's face right now, though. Oh, man. Just really raw and vulnerable <laughs> on this show. Uh, uncut. Yep. What are we talking about today, Tim? <laughs> what are we, 45 <laughs> seconds in now? <laughs> oh, Tyler said he has like 30 minutes, so he's going to talk fast and get out of here. Tim's got to get beat at a baseball. That's right. We yeah. are probably going to get beat tonight pretty bad. Uh, but anyway, welcome in. Colin's here. Welcome, Colin. Back again. It's good to have you back. Two, uh, two eps in a row. He's in his scrubs. Yeah. He is. in the scrubs. Caribbean blue. He's in his I make more money than you, Tyler and Tim uniform. That's right. Sorry, guys. That's the little subconscious flex he's got going on. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I got a few bills I can throw your way. Hey, the since Colin. we're answering our wife's phone calls. Oh, is she calling you? I'm going to get this one. <laughs> Ready? Here we go. Hello? Hey. Uh, we're recording a podcast and you're live on the air right now. Oh, hey. What can I say? Uh, you can say whatever you want to say. Keep it appropriate. I don't really have anything. Easy, Tim. <laughs> We're laughing because Heather just did the same thing to Tyler, so we put her on as well. Oh. Yeah. Well, okay. I don't have anything to say. All right. I'll call you back in just whenever we're finished. All right. All right, Colin. What time's Katie calling? Well, I don't know. It's coming, though. I'd imagine. All right. <clears throat> so uh, we are we are attempting to get all three of us to have to field a phone call in the middle of this episode. Mm-hmm. So, so here we go with our episode number forty-eight. We are getting so close to fifty; I can almost feel it. 
We got to do something super special for 50. We should. It ought to be just Tyler, and then he has to do all the work in, <laughs> yeah. ed- in editing and, and talking and planning and all uh, that stuff. We'd all lose our jobs. <laughs> so I'm just glad that this episode we have our you know 14 listeners back who bailed on us last time when Tyler wasn't here. Yeah, how many people here. do we have listening to this thing? So. I don't know. I don't know. Any, any, I don't even really check it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we do still have some folks that listen. So for you guys that have listened at some point over the past two months, we appreciate you and love you. And if we had a cool T-shirt yeah. to give you, we would. But. We should do something super special for the listeners that are not related to us that have listened to every episode from the first one. I don't know if we have any of those. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know. Uh, we've got a few folks who've listened to a lot of them. Yeah. I don't know if we could say somebody listened to every single one. Every single We're episode. at 47, 48. This is number 48. Wow. I don't know if anybody's listened to 48 of them. Heck, you guys haven't even listened to 48 <laughs> of them. Nope. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> nope. <sighs> uh, I'll go back and listen to them just to make sure I didn't let anything get through the old editing process that I'm going to regret, but, you know. Mm, good call. Proud uh, of you, too. So I have listened to all 48 of them, but anyway. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to spend uh, 30 minutes or so, uh, and we've got to talk about this. Uh, we teased it last time when it was just me and Colin. But we had to put it off until Tyler got here um, because we just knew you had some good stuff to say about okay. it. So here we go uh, with another super mega fluent grace rant. And now, for everyone's favorite part of the show, the part where Tyler complains, Tim grumbles, and Colin just sits there and laughs. It's time for another fluent grace rant sesh. Enjoy. You ready for this? Yep. Basically, all that means is we only have one thing to rant on, and so we're going to talk about this for the next few minutes. Okay. All right. It's a story from Newsweek.com, okay, and it has to do with animal abuse. Okay. First off, how do you feel about animal abuse? Um, Are we talking like Michael Vick animal abuse or like what does PETA define as animal abuse? First thing that comes to mind when when you hear animal abuse. I think of Michael Vick. Okay. Like... Yeah. Hurting dogs and running dogs and whatnot. Yeah, which is no good. That's no good. Yeah, yeah. You should. You deserve some kind of consequences for that. Yep. Um, agree. I. I also think of uh, somebody who lives on my road who keeps a dog like in a bunny cage. Oh, and like yeah. chained up and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. That, that's it's horrible. Like yeah, you people yeah. don't just don't get a dog. Animals. Just don't yeah. get a dog. Yeah. 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 I don't even like dogs, but that's wrong. Yeah. Okay, don't do that. Yeah. All right, here you go. Here is your story from Newsweek.com. Okay. Um, this was this year, so it's fairly current. Woman is accused of animal abuse for popping lice. What? In video viewed three million times. Popping lice? Popping lice. Like, what does that mean? Like, she's pulling them off her head and squeezing them? And I think so. I think so. <laughs> and and it, so the story here says that it That's has so sparked a debate online about whether her videos are soothing to watch or... Oh. Or are cruel to the bugs. I just want to know what kind of creeper is enjoying watching popping lice videos. It's probably the same people who tune in and watch the zit popping videos. That's what I was was going to say. Get that junk out of here. (laughs) Have you ever watched one of those videos? Oh, my gosh, dude. I have such a weak stomach. I throw up everywhere. Uh, Just thinking of it makes me want to gag. I agree. I agree. So, all right, here you go. Would you rather pop a lice or pop a zit? 
I guess a zit because it's all me. Yeah, yeah. The zit uh, doesn't carry like a deadly disease that lice can carry. So oh, yeah. I didn't know lice yeah. were poppable. I thought these things were like apparently microscopic. They are. Apparently they are. Uh, you know this. Uh, apparently this person is a head lice removal specialist from Australia. Shout out Australia. But they live in Mississippi now. Uh, they just moved. Yep. Mm. Um, so anyway, but uh, uh, this is now being considered as animal abuse. So I would pose the question, do you consider popping lice as animal abuse? I'm going to go with a hardcore no because they're taking up residence on my head. So, so you call it self-defense. I do. I do. Yeah, yeah self-defense. I'd be trying to make my head great like, again. So Li- <laughs> And that's lice-free. Lice-free, way to be. That's right. <clears throat> Just say no. To lice. <laughs> okay, let's let, let's shift the rant a little bit. Oh, y'all were homeschooled. <laughs> y'all can have to, I don't know if this I happened. went to school Goodness. for two years. Okay, did y'all get lice checks in in homeschool? Did no. your mom walk that around? That would with? be a negative. Oh man, never Literally, had lice. I look forward to the day when we did lice checks because you would get to lay your head down on the table. And your teacher will walk by with pencils and like massage your head with the with the pencils and search for lice. You know, we were just talking about animal abuse. That sounds like child abuse. Oh You're no, like stabbing dude. your head. It was with awesome. Pencils. Like I just remember being like, I'm just gonna pass out right now, I'm just gonna go to sleep as I get my lice checked. But now thinking back on it, it's super gross because she used her same two pencils on everybody's head. <laughs> so like So she was just transferring the lice from one exactly. person. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I wonder, if I wonder if they still do that. Any teachers that listen to this, do you still do lice checks? Well, I think both of the phone calls we just fielded, we could have asked either one of them, and they could have either affirmed or denied that. <laughs> so, yeah, we could uh, easily ask that question and figure out an answer to it. Yeah. Have you ever had lice? I have not. Have you Thankfully. ever had lice, Colin? No, not that I know All right, of. we're 0 for 3. Hey, so. You haven't had any? I have not, no. Any of your kids or anything? No. Yeah, No. we haven't had that yet. No. I don't want to deal with it, though. So if – if, and I don't know who's making this claim. I don't know who says this is animal abuse. I don't know if it's PETA or if it's like the people for the ethical treatment of obnoxious insects, right? I don't have any idea who's making this. But, right, if popping lice is animal abuse, would the same not apply for, like, fleas and ticks? Mosquitoes. And mosquitoes and fire ants and wow. – Red wasps and murder hornets. As far I mean, as I know, those are all results of the fall, and so you know we're just trying to usher in redemption faster by smushing them. So, well, yeah. so we're like raccoons with rabies, but yeah, I'm sure people, <laughs> I'm sure people would say if you shot those, that'd be animal abuse as well. Yeah, well, like Old Yeller wouldn't get made today. Mm. You'd have problems. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler alert: Don't go watch Old Yeller. Just ever. Don't do it. How does that end? I can't really. They, they, they take them out back and I, yeah, put them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very sad, very sad. But you know, it's sad when you think about a pet dog. It's not as not so sad when you think about the lice that is invading your personal space and you're picking it out of your hair. Mm-hmm. I'm not sad about that. Mm-hmm. So, what about if the neighbor's dog comes over and snaps at you or your kid? I'll punch it in the face. <laughs> it's just straight Is up. Is that animal abuse? I, I don't care. <laughs> don't care. Come at me, Peter. I don't care, right? If it's snapping at my kids. Oh, I've... Let's... Okay. Quick, 
quick story, and then we'll get to actually what we're talking about. So I was out for a run one day, running down the road, and there's this pit bull comes after me, oh. like chasing me oh. while I'm running. And it got so close as to he put holes in my shorts. Oh. Like he snapped at me, holes in my shorts. I still have the shorts, still have the holes in them. Oh, okay. So I'm, sit- I'm standing there trying to figure out how to get away from this dog. At the same time wondering, like, dog, if you come at me again, I'm going to take you out. I'm going to end your life. Like, right. I, I don't care if you're a pit bull. I don't care what you are. Yeah. I, I have no doubt that I would be able to survive just well. I mean, <laughs> yeah. perfectly fine. I would be okay. You're not going to be okay. Yep. Uh, so anyway. Yikes. It has definitely crossed my mind. What am I going to do in this situation? I know exactly what I'm going to do. And the dog is going to be the one that is struggling. That is on the struggle bus. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. So, shout out all you dogs that are listening. Don't come at me. <laughs> Keep your pets on a leash, people. <laughs> leash law. Oh. Free the leash kids, not the leashed dogs <laughs> or uh, cats. Yeah. And hey. Keep your lice on a leash, too. Uh, yes. <laughs> there you go. Don't make me pop those lice. You know. <laughs> Golly, so gross. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Tim? We're glad you're back, Tyler. Mm. We're Lord. glad you're back. Mm. That has been the Fluent Gray Super Mega Rant. No animal abuse, that's bad. Yep. Since you're still here, you get a very special thank you. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Fluent Grace Podcast. Thanks for listening. So today we are going to continue our discussion on deconstruction. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if anybody around this table actually remembers where we left off with the previous discussion two episodes ago, which actually was like three months ago. <laughs> yeah, I think we did the negative side of deconstruction. That's right, we did. We did. Uh, we talked about doubting your doubts. Uh, we talked about if, you know, for someone who has placed their faith in Christ and then at some point comes to a crossroads and says, am I going to continue believing what I say I believe, uh, continue believing in Jesus, believing in Scripture? Um, a lot of times people get to that crossroads and they just decide, or they say they decide that they want to go their own way, do their own thing. <clears throat> And basically, they succumb to their doubts, and they trust their doubts, and they have faith in the wrong thing. Because mm. that's essentially what doubt is, it's just having faith in the wrong thing. Uh, so today, we're going to continue that discussion. Uh, we're going to get around looking at the positive aspects of deconstruction, because there are definitely things that need to be deconstructed in our view of the Bible, in our view of Jesus in our view of religion, whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> so there are definitely positive things. Um, but before we get to that, I want to spend just a couple of minutes, because um, I've heard this, uh, or I've heard some examples of this happen, um, and I think it would probably be helpful to talk about a little bit, and that is when the church hurts, or when someone in the church hurts you, and so it paints a poor picture of Christ, right? I think the natural tendency is to immediately associate that situation or that person or whatever was done to you um, with Christ. Um, and so some people will then decide, hey, 
it's not worth it. I'm not going to follow Jesus if if this is what you're going to get, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, um, just throw that out. Have you guys had to interact with that at all? Uh, heard examples of that? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you do if the church hurts? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say if you're if you put your hope in any man, 100% of the time they're going to let you down. So, I mean, does that does that mean that you shouldn't hold people to standard and and respect people and and be uh, imitators of people who are following after the Lord? You know, no, it doesn't. But at the end of the day, my hope is not in Tim Wilson or Colin Sherrill, because as awesome as y'all are, and it, you're, you would let me down at the end of the day. You know, I mean, we're just human. That's what it means to be human. Um, but the scriptures tell us that Jesus was the same yesterday, today, and forever, so he doesn't change. Um, so he's really the only place that you can really root your feels. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, or or your, um, your... I mean, it's the only place you can... St- he's the only one you can stake your hope in. So I don't know if that answers your question. That's where my brain went, though. Sounds like it answers your question, because I'm probably going to sound like a broken record, because that was... Exactly what I was thinking is um, when you begin to put people or, I mean, even, you know, you can put, I see people putting pastors or uh, mainstream, um, shall we say, Christian celebrities up on this pedestal um, just because of their place in society. Uh, They're still sinners in need of a Savior, just like everybody else that is human. Um, so I think that's where you need to be very cautious as well, um, is remembering that we're all human at the end of the day. The church isn't perfect. Yeah. You know, and for whatever reason, uh, certain people try to equate the church or a pastor or a spiritual leader with perfection. And there's some expectation that, hey, well, you're you're a pastor. You're a leader of the church, right? You got to be perfect. And if you're not perfect, well, that must mean there's something that's broken in the system. How'd that work out for Peter and all the other disciples who said, "Peace out, Jesus. You're about to get crucified. I'm out of here. I'm going to go hide in the upper room. Yeah, I'm going to deny you. Yeah, like the people who the early church was built on." Think about all the folks in Scripture that we hold in very high regard. Every single one of them. Moses, Abraham, Drunkard, David, uh, Adulterous, Peter, lying murderer. Paul. Um, deserter. Right, every single one of them. I don't care who it is. Pick your person, right? If we put our hope in that person, they're going to let you down. And if that person is the leader of my church, think about in our day and time today. If your pastor was David, and he had an adulterous relationship and arranged the murder of his uh, affairs spouse to cover up him knocking up the girl, exactly. I, let's just put it in modern terms. Oh, and that was like his fifth marriage, by the way. Yeah, he he has multiple marriages. Okay, <laughs> what are you going to do to that pastor? Right? Or what are you going to do if Solomon's your lead pastor with 600 side chicks? <laughs> like, what do you right? do with that? Right? Um, <clears throat> you know, or, or Moses or Abraham, any of these guys, you can do the same thing. Yeah. You can see the 
countless ways where they have failed. They haven't lived up to God's perfect standard, and so nobody's going to. And, you know, we put all our hope in these people, um, and like you said, they're going to let us down. So, I, you know, well said from both of you, I think, it's we've got to be extremely careful with who we are trusting in, who we are basing our faith on. If my faith is reliant upon you doing well, I mean, my faith's going to fall all the time, mm-hmm. every single time. And that doesn't have to be with pastors. That can be with your best friend who is also in the church. It doesn't have to be a leader. It can be just a regular old average church congregant. Well, yeah, and I think as we try to somewhat gear this towards students, speaking directly to students, this is where you have to separate your faith from your parents' faith. Uh, This is no longer um, you're directly connected to them in everything you do. Uh, This is where you have to become authentic in your faith and realizing... um, I'm glad you weren't saying anything important there, Colin. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Because now we're going to have to edit all that out. (laughs) Say it again, Colin. (laughs) No, we're good. We're good. (laughs) I don't want to deconstruct everything I just said. I think also, too, we're prone to want to point fingers at everybody else, but maybe we should check ourselves instead of looking at everybody else's, oh, you failed me. Maybe we should realize, hey, I've set this person up as an idol to be perfect, you know, and and it's not so much on everybody else. Yeah, sure, they did fail you, but you're also in the wrong for making them an idol, you know, and for holding them above, you know, to some unrealistic standard. If you have spent any time in the church, or if you know if you're a student and you have a long life ahead of you to spend in the church, you're going to be hurt by it. And, and that's not because of how God has set it up, or that's not because of the fact that well the church is not a place for me, or that's not because you know Jesus can't. Um, you know, be a good head of the church. No, that's because, like we've been saying, men and women are broken individuals who fail every single day. And so when the church hurts, are we going to blame Jesus for that? Are we going to begin deconstructing the things we believed in because some human being was hypocritical or caused pain and hurt? Or are we going to recognize the brokenness of the individual and turn to Christ, uh, recognizing that he's the only one that can fix whatever the issue was? Whether it's, you know, you offended me. Well, is that God's fault or is that broken humanity's fault? It's not God's fault. (laughs) He wasn't the one that caused you to offend me. He wasn't the one that made you sin against me in some way. So we look to him to resolve and redeem the situation as opposed to faulting him for not keeping us out of that situation. So I think that's really important. Um, We've got to always make sure that we are, for those who have faith in Christ, now this is a whole different conversation for someone who doesn't have faith in Christ, right? None of this applies to one who's not a believer. So with this discussion, we are specifically talking to believers here, but we just need to be very careful with that. Um, So this idea of deconstruction, though, it's not inherently bad. 
Okay, it gets painted in a negative light many times in our culture, <coughs> and you hear about these high-profile leaders who say they have deconstructed, and what that usually means is they went from having a visible faith and a visible trust and belief in God to now they don't, and that's what we see, and so that's what we associate with deconstruction. However, right, the idea of deconstructing something is not bad. Mm-mm. And a lot of times we need to do just that because we have some warped view of God. We have some warped view of Scripture. We have some warped view of the church that needs to be broken down and then built up with a biblical viewpoint. So talk about that for just a minute. What are your thoughts when we get get to that discussion? Who was the OG deconstructionist? Let's talk about that. Jesus! Jesus. Jesus. What was he deconstructing? Wait, is that right? I was just giving you the Sunday school answer. (laughs) It is right. Yes. So, I mean, look all through the Gospels. Jesus' ministry was (laughs) deconstructing the Pharisees, right? You whitewashed tombs. Which was the religious system of the day. Right. They were your religious leaders. They were the ones you looked to for your standard of morality and following God. I mean, you actually could take the argument deconstruction is what got Jesus, led him to Calvary, I mean, in a way. Of course, it was to bear our sin, ultimately. Um, Deconstruction was the means by which it It infuriated the Pharisees. It was what the people of that day used against Um, him. So, but yeah, so you can talk, talk through that a little bit, Tim or Colin. Colin's got nothing. It's like, well, well, I answered Jesus. We're good. Yep. <laughs> got my Sunday school answer in. Yeah. Uh, no, I think just kind of digging into deconstruction and because being quite honest with you guys, I hadn't really dug into it or researched it much before we started talking about it on here. Um, I think because I really hadn't heard it in the terms that we were using it. Um, but yeah, I agree with Tyler in saying that. Um, Jesus was the first notable person to deconstruct what was going on um, in Christianity. And I think today's people that are falling under the category of deconstruction, I don't know, it's just hard to put them in that category. Rejecting faith, I guess it's under the deconstruction category, but I don't really necessarily put it in that category. Rejecting faith and deconstruction to me are totally different. So the positive side of deconstruction would be deconstructing bad theology. So that's what Jesus was, his main objective was about. Right. It was, um, oh Lord, I mean. So let's let's do this. What is a common theology today that if you hold it needs to be deconstructed? Common theology today. Because, I mean, I've got... I'll just throw this one out. Yeah, throw one out. The idea that works can get you into heaven. Mm. Mm. Paul wrote a whole letter about that one. I, I mean, if that is some part of your theology, you got to deconstruct that bad boy. Yeah. Paul deconstructs it all. He does it all through Galatians. He deconstructs yeah. that mug. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's things like that that cultural Christianity holds in high regard in you know, the idea of a blanket tolerance and acceptance of all people, no matter their actions. 
Well, nope, that's not biblical. Deconstruct that thought and idea. I mean, um, if you're a Protestant, listen to this. If you're not, if you are not a Roman Catholic, so like if you're Anglican, Lutheran, Baptist, Methodist, anything that Scientologist, pres- Presbyterian, not a pagan. Just kidding. Uh, not, not a Scientologist. Scientologist. <laughs> um, they should lose their tax exempt status. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. Um, anyways, um, any Protestant, the whole church history, when you study church history and look at the Reformation, that was a whole thing of deconstruction, right? So the five tenets of the Reformation, justification by faith, not by works. So popular thing was, hey, you work to earn God's affection. You pay these indulgences, right? You you throw some money in the, in the pot, you know? Um, so... So justification by grace, not by works. Yeah, I mean, that's probably one of the biggest things just across the board that for everyone who is not, um, well, you mentioned Catholicism. Yeah. You know, this idea that you have things to do to get you into heaven. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's huge. I, I saw an interview, and maybe at some point we'll talk about this in more detail, um, but I saw an interview with someone and the comment was, I hope I've done enough good stuff to get me in heaven. What a I, horrible way to live. I hope that when I get up to the pearly gates, God says, yep, come on in. I, my Who goodness. Who to live in that tension? That's horrible. No, no. Can you imagine the stress that puts on you? That's the reason John wrote the book, the letter of 1 John. Mm-hmm. The yeah, whole root, yeah. the whole premise. So you can know. Yep. Mm-hmm. You don't have to live in a limbo. Yep. And so many times, we're not confident in our faith. We're not confident in Christ. We're not confident in the church. And so it puts us in this really weird place that is not healthy. And so that lack of confidence needs to be addressed. That means that there's something within me that's off. If there's not a confidence in who Christ is and who I am in Christ— Something's not right. That needs to be deconstructed, right? Mm-hmm. You need to tear mm-hmm. that down. That needs to be built up with the truth of the gospel. Yep. What does the gospel say? The gospel says, I had nothing. I was the worst of the worst. If I did just one wrong thing, I am worthy of eternal separation and punishment. But Christ took that punishment that I deserved on himself. And so now I don't have to live in a, man, I hope I did enough good stuff. Man, I hope God's having a good day when I die so that, you know, he feels generous and wants to let me in. Or, man, I hope, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is. I mean, if that's your theology at the end of the day, you just, you have to look at the cross and say, that's just not sufficient enough. It really does land on me. And that's why Paul wrote, in the end of Galatians, the very, I think it's the very last verse. I could be wrong, but I think it's the last verse. It says uh, Galatians 2, 20, 2, 21. I don't think that's right. That's Galatians, Galatians go to, goes to, it's the end six. of chapter 2. It goes, it has six chapters. But anyways, he says, I'm, uh, what, read it to him. I'm no longer. So verse 20, I've been crucified with Christ. Christ. Yep. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself and for me. And this verse right here. 
I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Or mm-hmm. what you what you can do, replace law for your efforts, your abilities. I mean, that's what that verse says. If you're resting in what you can do, you look at the cross of Christ and you just spit on it. At which point you're ultimately taking the place of God because you're saying, I know better than God. Mm-hmm. So, hey, little God. <laughs> right. <laughs> which, know. which is where we first started with sin all the way back with Adam and Eve eating from the tree of yep. evil. Yeah. So it I mean, comes full circle all the time, folks. And another thing to deconstruct, and I, I hate to rip on Catholics but because I have Catholics, friends, and family that I do love, but I really think they miss the mark here. Um, is the Pope as your mediator. I mean, that was something that had to be deconstructed during the Reformation, too. You know, they're like, well, Christ is our mediator now. He, the curtain was torn in two at his, um, at his death, which opened up the line of communication. Um, I don't need another dude to talk to the Lord for me. You don't need that. Get that junk out of here. Um, so... You could really get off on a rant with that. Um, yep. yep. So. Well, basically, any of these other religions, any of these cults, anything that preaches another gospel, since you're talking Galatians, right? What does Paul say? If you preach another gospel other than this one, I don't want anything to do with it because it's be false. Anathema. Yeah, it's false. <laughs> um, Destroyed. That's not Paul being a you know big head saying he was. You know, just right, and you got to follow him. No, that was a complete and total reliance on Christ as the only one who could rescue and who could save. And so, any of these other religions, cults, belief systems, whatever it is that does not do that, that does not place the absolute prime importance on the cross of Jesus, his work, and his ability to save. Right, that needs to be torn down, and mm-hmm. that needs you need to build it back up with the reality of what Christ has done, and that's why we're doing this podcast, right? The from episode number one, why are we doing this? Is to speak the gospel into everyday situations of life. Yep. So for us, and for you guys listening to this, whether you're a student, whether you're an adult, it doesn't matter. As we're living our day to day life, if the gospel is at the core of my decisions and is influencing every single thing I do, that's fantastic. That's great. That's what we're here for. If it's not, then something's off, and we need to be reminded of our position without Christ, which is nothing, and then our position in Christ, which is saved and redeemed and able to live as followers of His in a way that brings glory to God. Mm-hmm. Doctrine matters, people. It yeah. Ma- it matters. Yeah. Even if you are a teenager and you think, uh, whatever, I'll get to it eventually. No, you, you, it matters. You need to know what you believe and why you believe it. That's it. We're done. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a million things you could say. Yep. So there you go. I mean, that, that's our brief thoughts on um, this idea of deconstruction. Um, I would recommend um, go and YouTube... Um, John Mark Comer on deconstruction. He does a phenomenal little eight-minute video on what it is and the negatives and the positives of it. So you should go check that video out. Boom. John Mark uh, Comer. C-O-M-E-R. Comer. 
I'll try to put the link in our social yep. medias. So y'all go follow that, Facebook, Instagram. Check and, it uh, out. Yep. And if, hey, look, four listeners that we have, uh, if there are any other questions that either come from this or did not get answered by any of our discussion here, shoot us an email or shoot Tyler a text. Either way, we'll get the info. Uh, you can shoot me a text at this number. Hold on one second. Oh, yeah. He's about to give you the, like, boyfriend rejection hotline. Is that what it is? No. Uh-uh. My number is 205-792-93. Thanks. <laughs> There you go. Text that number. Ask us whatever questions you have, <laughs> and we would be happy to dig. Your into spam it. call will be rejected. <laughs> uh, we'd be happy to get into that. Um, so, send us the questions. We'll answer them. Email address is fluentgracepodcast at gmail dot com. What's our Twitter? <laughs> Don't have one. Throwback. <laughs> Sorry. All right, that's it. I think we're going to just go ahead and skip the old Guinness World Record because, yep. you know, we don't need those. World <laughs> records are worthless. Nope. <laughs> totally worthless. Yeah. We're deconstructing the that Get out of here. Period yep. of, we'll bring it back next week. <laughs> that period of this podcast. It'll there be back. Go. It'll be back. All right, tune in next time to hear us talk about something else that's interesting. Deuces. I love how Tyler's taking my, my word. <laughs> we out. See you later, folks. <laughs>